I am your host, Jordan O'Donnell. Another intro recorded from the front porch, so as always, sorry for any background noise. Outside of that, though, we have a fabulous show today. On today's show, we have the comedian Kyle Scanlon. In addition to being a stand-up, Kyle is one of the main forces driving the Whiskey Journal, online satirical news magazine, if you will. Uh, Definitely check it out. It's extremely funny, and it is nothing like The Onion at all. Completely different. We promise. We get into a little bit about that on this episode as well. Unwanted comparisons, but uh, Kyle was a great guest. We talk about a little bit bit of an offbeat band, Titus Androgynous. I don't think I said that right. Titus... And you, uh, look it up. Titus Andronicus? There we go. I think I got it that time. Andronicus. I'm going to say that five times fast. Anyway, a name I can say is Kyle Scanlon, and we will be chatting with him. So enjoy the show. Kyle Scanlon on For the Record. Found home with it. Found home with it. Found home with it. So you said originally from Newton. Yeah. By Effingham. Small town? Very small town, like two stoplights. Two stoplights. So yeah. how, like how many, like what's the population? Uh, 2,500. 2,500, yeah. okay. Like my dad, it's like small enough that like my dad is a milk truck driver. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> like he like drives a semi to like uh, dairy farms and picks up milk. Like that's what my father does for a living. So it's a town, <laughs> town where pretty much everybody knows everybody oh, for yeah. the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, I came from a town of, it claims to be 18,000, but that's severe overstatement. Definitely 18,000 people, but my, my dad was a funeral director. Everybody knew everybody, and just small, small town. Um, where, what was, like, your music, like, how did you find out about music, for the most part, growing up, like, through elementary school, high school? What was your outlet for finding music? Uh, kind of like for, I mean, I'm the oldest brother. Like I'm the oldest sibling. Of how oldest many? brother of just I just have two younger. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. Okay. Uh, so like obviously like my little sister is nine years younger than uh, me and six years younger than my brother. So like she had like like when she was younger like she was like listening to like the coolest bands of, like, that a, like, seventh grader could listen to, you know? Right. And then, but, like, for me, I don't know, I went through, like, a lot of, like, sort of liking bad music. Like, I was, like, really into, like, like, ten years ago, I was, like, really into, like, Screamo and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah. was, like, it's, like, you look back at it now and you're, like, oh, God, like, this has, like, nothing to offer me still. Like, I just, like, don't even, like, I have, like, some, like, really old stuff that I'm just, like, what am I doing? Like, you know, like, uh, along with that music, yeah. though, did you buy, like, Screamo definitely has, like, if you decide to go completely into that route, you can buy into the whole look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did you? yeah no, I didn't do that. Yeah. No. See, no. that's the unfortunate thing that I would do, 
is I would attach myself to these certain types of music. Yeah. And I would adapt the appearance yeah. of that went along with it. And unfortunately, in high school, I got really, really into The Cure. Ah. <laughs> and it was, it is the most ridiculous fucking thing because obviously it was not cool to like The Cure when well, we were all around the same age, when yeah. we were in high school. So I had the teased fucking black hair, I had the lipstick, I had the eyeliner. You're already super skinny. I would have made fun black shirt. I would have made fun of you. And even like tighter jeans like then, I, I, even though I wear embarrassingly stupid pants now, of, I mean like shit that looked like leggings for mm-hmm. the most part. And that was the whole look. And I look back on not only like some of that fucking music, I have like the pictures to look at and just be like, oh God. Yeah. And it's it's horrible, but I mean, my, I mean my outlet for music. I'm the youngest. I have two older brothers, so my my outlet for my music was always my older yeah. siblings. I was always jealous of people that had that because it's like you just get introduced to so much more. Like right. I mean, mine was just like my friends and stuff, but my friends were the same age as me. I mean, some of them had older siblings, but a lot of people. I don't know. Like here is a weird thing. Like yeah. the most popular band, and I swear to God, in this like small town I grew up in is Three Eleven. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like through like fifth grade through like till like I was like in like got out of high school and left that town, I was like, yeah, three eleven is my favorite <laughs> band. <laughs> and it's just like to ever like think that you were right in fifth grade is ridiculous. Like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like one of my friends messaged me the other day and he was I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And he was just like just got the new 311 album, motherfucker. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, we're still doing that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that we were still doing that. That's I, I was like, I haven't uh, listened to them since I hung out with you last. <laughs> Do you ever catch yourself going back to any of that old music? And almost, I mean, even like 311, of, like I will have music that I'll go back to and I'll try to listen to and be like, oh, shit, I don't like that anymore. Yeah. But I'll I'll try to listen to it from nostalgia purposes. Do oh, you yeah, have anything totally. that you'll like? I mean, like, have you heard the new Three Eleven album? Uh, I did listen to one. The because I have so many friends that just kept posting about right. it. Like, I mean, I, my friends that are are into it, like, are into it. Like, they have Three Eleven tattoos. They've seen like fifty concerts. Sure. Like, they go to on Three Eleven day. They go to New Orleans. Like. It's amazing how much they're into it. Uh, so, I mean, like, I just kept seeing it, so I started listening to it. I didn't even get through one song. Fuck. Yeah, um, it was just like, I was like, God, this is, like, this is bad. Like, <laughs> And, I mean, it's kind of interesting, though, that the album that you picked to talk about is, I think, definitely, for most, is something off the beaten path. Yeah, for the probably. most part. Um, but it's, it's, it's a decisively punk rock record. Yeah. Um, how did how did this come across your radar? Uh, I had a buddy who works for Spin Magazine now. Uh, his name's Luke McCormick. Uh, I used to do improv with him. And he was just, like, always into bands. And he had this blog called, like, Breakfast for the Block or something like that. And so it was, like... I mean, he was just, like, super, like, hip with bands. Like, knew everything. Kind and of like, on the cutting edge of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend was, like, has really good music taste, too. And, like was always, like, pretty up-to-date on everything, and I, I think through one of them, I think through Luke, I found it. But we were all on the same improv team together, so we'd always, like, swap bands and stuff like that, and, I mean, like, he always, I'd have one for his ten, so. 
but yeah, I mean, it was yeah. As soon as I like heard it, I was like into it right away. What's the uh, first song you heard off the monitor? Uh, the first, the very first song. Oh, just the first yeah. straight song. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all. I always love that. When yeah, that is like your first introduction yeah. to a mm-hmm. record. Um, something. I mean, I a question I always kind of something that definitely when it comes to music that has such a unique sound that's all to its own. If you were put in a position where you would have to describe the sound to somebody who's never heard it, of being like, this is what this sounds like, how would you do it? Oh, I don't know, because that album's all over the place. Like, it ends with, like, weird bags, like they're playing bags right. or something. <laughs> like, it's like a 14-minute song. <laughs> just Like, it's a super weird album. I don't know. I would say, yeah, I would say, like, punk rock. Like, just, like, dirty punk rock. <laughs> and, I mean... You said, uh, I mean, you're stand-up now. Uh, you start in improv? Yeah, I started doing that maybe like six, seven years ago, something like that. Awesome. You still dabble back and forth? or No, I, once I moved to Chicago, I just quit. Because I was like, I think I got a burnout on it because I uh, like was coaching my improv team in college and stuff, and it was just like, that made me hate it. Because it was like to tell your friends, like, just yeah. like, that wasn't funny enough, and mm-hmm. like you know, it just like took all the fun out of it. And then I was like, well, I just got to pick a direction and go. So I just picked you a just direction. deviated over yeah. stand-up. <laughs> yeah. Was well, I, I had been doing stand-up for about two years at that point, so I just like I was like, well, let's pick one of these two things to neglect your girlfriend with. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a hard transition to make going from? I, I mean, I'm always curious about that. People who make that leap from doing improv into stand-up. Is it hard to... Because, I mean, they're decisively different they're animals. Way different, they? yeah. I mean, way different. so how hard was that for you to kind of make that leap into doing stand-up? It wasn't that hard. I mean, when I first started doing improv, I wanted to be doing stand-up. Like, I just didn't have the balls to do it yet. And so I thought it was, like, more of just like a... I always looked at improv like an introductory course to stand-up for me. Like, just for me personally, not... No no shitting on improv here. I did it for, like, four years. So right. <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about it. I just, like... It got me, I was really nervous, though, whenever I started. Like, I wouldn't even, like, if you're familiar with improv at all, like, uh, like you just, like, just go out there with nothing, basically. But, like, I would always wait for the other person to talk first. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we were in a scene together, I would just stare at you and wait for you to say something. Where's and your then, homework, Michael? Yeah, and then, and then I would respond. But I would never be the first person <laughs> to say anything. It was so weird. Like, I was just, like, really scared. And then now I don't really give a shit about anything. So I think, like, that helped a lot. <laughs> Do you think now you don't give a shit about anything because after doing stand-up longer? or? Yeah, you just fail so much in stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, so much failure and, like, times where you're just like, did I really just waste four hours doing that? And you're like, yep, sure did. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> is that also like do? that thick skin? Is that something that definitely builds up over time? Or did you pretty much go into stand-up? Being able to take that failure for the most part. Uh, I feel like I had a pretty unique start with stand-up where I didn't, like, have a bad set for, like, my first six months. Really? I was, like, I don't know why, but I just, like, constantly had good sets, and then whenever I had a bad set, I just thought that stand-up always went well. And so whenever I had a bad set, like, my first bad set, I was like, oh, God. Like, I was so (laughs) depressed. (laughs) I remember, like, sitting in my garage, like... Just like drinking beer and like just being real sad about everything, just like listening to my recording, just being like, "You idiot! Oh, you fucked it all up! No one's gonna listen to you anymore." I gotta listen to some <laughs> Titus and Jonicus now. So I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting segue to go back to the album of listening to like an album like The Monitor. Of you could kind of go two different ways. Of this could be 
your party fun, good time record with, like you said, friends in comedy, things like that. Or this could be you're in a dark place. Yeah. yeah. Super depressing, weird. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, it's all over the place. I made up a story. Like, he's from New Jersey. He's been through a lot of stuff. <laughs> he's very sad. <laughs> But, um, so, I mean, where where does this record fall for you? I mean, can you use it for both good times and bad times? Or is this, like, a go-to good time or go-to bad time record? Uh, I think I think it's both for me. Like, uh, it just kind of depends on the song. Like, there's a song called uh, Theme Song of Cheers from Cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, like, probably my favorite song. Uh, <laughs> but it could go either way. Like, it's, like, a, it could be, like, a fun drinking song or, like, you could play it at your funeral. Like, it like, just kind of depends on, like, how sad you want to get with it. Like, is it a fun time? Yeah, it's fun. And then it's also like, well, some of the lyrics are weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, that seems pretty dark. <laughs> Something I, I do want to touch on that's, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything besides the fact that we just finished doing an interview with Sarah Gallagher. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I talked about with her is every time that I've seen her perform, she commands the stage. She has wonderful stage presence. But the immediate last performance I saw of hers was at the Comedy Bar Open Mic, where oh, all of her Rage and Venom, for some weird reason, unfortunately, was directed at Oh, Gina. yeah. <laughs> and she referred to it as it was like kicking a puppy. Um, I, still, I can see that now. I had heard this story. There's a part of, I think, stand-up culture, especially in a city like Chicago, where, you know, it's like the term busting balls for the most part, of... Are you pretty much in tune with that, of being able to get ripped into pretty well by other comics, and can you give it back, or is it, you're much more self-deprecating? Uh, I, my stand-up's pretty self-deprecating, but I, uh, am really good at making fun of people. Like, I'm really good at making um, fun of people, and really good at bullying people. I mean, because, like, I just I had two younger siblings, and that's what I did all the time. So true, oh my god. So I don't, like, I don't give a shit whenever people do it, because I know that I can get them, like, I can, I'm like, I can really release this if I want to. Like, we can keep going, this will be fine. Oh my that's god. That's such a skill, like, I'm growing up, yeah, so I'm the middle child, but I am super sensitive, and so yeah, our family... that's how my little brother is, too. Yeah, we've never, um, really, like... If you if you made fun of the other person, it was really to get at them. It yeah. wasn't playful. So I've kind of had to adapt learning that in adulthood, how to play with each other. Oh, yeah, that's and how it, I talk to ever. Like I'm just bully people. Like that's and like in a fun way. Like, yeah, see, I, that's what I can't master. I think when I try to do it, yeah. I think I end up becoming mean. So mm-hmm. usually, I, I don't. I haven't quite mastered that making fun of other people. Do you know where that line is of being yeah. like you can rip into somebody, yeah. but then it's like okay, maybe I've taken that too far. I've. I often think that I do, uh, but that's always my fear now is, like, just crossing that line of, like, nope, that was too far. You shouldn't do that. I you really can't like, say I, I, I can fuck someone's mother. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you drive me. I'd be like, come at me, bro. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle it. Um, something you said uh, about something that took you out of improv was you were you were the director of the team, and it was hard for you being in, I mean, kind of that power role where you were telling your friends what was funny and what wasn't. But it seems like you you kind of assume that leadership role in comedy as well. I mean, you're you're the central piece of the Whiskey Journal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, is it how hard is it for you? And I keep feeling like all my question is how hard is it, Kyle? How hard oh, is it? Oh, it's so hard. I'm not it's trying so to hard. break yeah. you by any means. Yeah, you can but, cry. Here but I mean, you definitely. I mean, this is a comfortable put, space. You you put yourself out on a wire of 
being the kind of leader of that show. Yeah. And is it hard for you to keep that interesting and vibrant for you where it doesn't feel like you are, you know, it's a job. You know, it's like you're kind of yanking along. Oh, it feels like a job. Desert. Uh, yeah, I mean, because we do it every day. Like, we do articles every day. And, like, we have for, like, almost two years. Wow. So, like, me and, like, uh, my buddy Cole Moser are just, like, in the morning, like, if we're doing two articles, like, we're literally chatting all day back and forth while we're at our other job. Like, editing, looking for photos, like, anything and everything, like, trying to make each line a little bit funnier. Like, anything we can do. It's a little easier with this, because uh, it's not, it's more like, I feel like, uh, like, satire is more like, uh than most comedy, it's not as objective mm -hmm. as most comedy. Like, because most comedy, you're like, hmm, I could find that funny, or you could find that funny. I don't know. It's all up to all of us. But with right. this, it's just kind of like a, it's like an equation almost of you're just like you're trying to figure out like least amount of words, right. end with the funniest stuff. Like, what's your joke? Like, you're you're just trying to jam it all together. So it is like kind of like once you figure it out, it's a lot easier. But I like it. I mean, I like it a lot. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't do it anymore. And kind of like talking about how improv and stand-up are kind of different beasts in and itself, does doing something like the Whiskey Journal, does that kind of satisfy a different creative outlet than per se like what stand-up would? No, totally. Yeah, totally. I, uh, yeah, I mean, because I like stand-up a lot, like, uh, but for me it's like not, that's not all I want to do. Like, I like writing as much as I like stand-up, so... For me, it's like, I like it. It's kind of like a nice little escape, but I just wish some of it would translate over to stand-up. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it seems like something that has grown over time, like the Whiskey Journal, yeah. that, I mean, has it gotten, like, bigger than you would have ever expected? Or, I mean, is it still, like, very much in a process, like, where you would like to see it, like, I mean, once again, I've, my only comparison is, like, see it expand, like, something like Broad City did, where it ends up on Comedy Central or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely bigger than what I thought it would be, because I didn't really know if I would stick with it. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. You, you start projects all the time, and you're, like, have high hopes for them, but you don't know what to expect, and so many times, like, people lose interest and drop out and stuff, and I've just gotten lucky where, like, I've literally had the same people since we started. Uh, and I've added people, but, like, no one's quit. Like, I mean, people quit for, like, a day. <laughs> and then we have a little talk, and then they, you know, they're fine. People get their feelings hurt sometimes. Sure. Because I mean, it is, like, a, it's it's comedy, and it's, uh, you know, and someone's got to be the boss, and it's it's not always fun with that. But, I mean, like, everyone's yeah. so great with that kind of stuff. They can take their criticisms and take, uh, you know, silly demands that I might have or something. And it seems like, you know, the city of Chicago, as, like, a comedy scene, is welcoming to different types of comedy, whether it be improv, stand-up, that, I mean, could you see the Whiskey Journal working and flourishing, you know, somewhere else besides Chicago? Or is, I mean, Chicago a very integral part to how something kind of gritty like the Whiskey Journal functions? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, for our articles, like, a lot of stuff... Like, Chicago's definitely, like, our, like, reading, like, it's, I think it's, like, 50%, like, Chicago, mm -hmm. most of our viewership's in, like, Chicago. But, I mean, like, we still have, like, a lot of stuff, like, on the West Coast, and, like, a lot of stuff in, like, just all over. Like, there's this one kid I know in Brazil that, like, oh, him wow. and his friends wow. read it. 
And like, yeah, it's cool, dude. It's like, his name's Gabe. He's cool, dude. But yeah, like, I mean, so it's like weird whenever you like meet people like that, whenever they're like, oh yeah, I'm in Brazil right now. And me and my friends are reading this and they're like, weird, so weird. <laughs> but um, we're like Facebook friends and we'll like chat and stuff sometimes. Like, he's cool, dude. That's awesome. How do you like take, uh, do you have to take in stride like comparisons to similar kind of oh, news yeah. outlets or... <laughs> Or things that you draw from influences of, I mean, is it, is it something that you're like, oh, fuck, here's that comparison again? Or is it something that you can kind of take in stride and move fast? Uh, I didn't take it in stride at all whenever we first started. Like, the, whenever we first started, we quit after, like, two months because I just kind of got, like, sick of people being like, oh, it's an unfunny version of The Onion. Right. Right. Unfunnion or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but like I, I was just like I don't know I like this sucks I can't deal with this and then I think you just get like a little bit older and a little bit like like you're like no I want to do this but I also wanted to do it right I wasn't doing it the way I wanted to do it then so I don't so know you, like, I mean you quit after two months and said yeah it's enough and so. then like rebuilt it rebuilt everything we were doing and added more people and stuff and made it a little better so what was the spark I mean just that kind of it just kind of took those like after quitting after two months how long was it before you brought it back? Pretty long. Uh, maybe like eight or nine months. Really? So yeah. almost a year. Yeah. Before, and so, I mean, what was the, I mean, the, I mean, almost a year passes of something could completely be swept under the rug of what was the inspiration being like, okay, I'm going to bring this back. Was it just time? Uh, uh, had a couple people that honestly just said, I wish you would do that again. And that was just enough. That was enough. That's I don't care. They, if somebody wants me to do it, I'll do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, is, oh, someone wants it? Okay, then I'll do it. Yeah. I think it was just more of, like, I was like, you don't ever know how, like, if people are actually, like, reading anything or, like, you never know. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you pretend like you can tell through, like, Facebook likes and stuff and just, you have no idea yeah. until you go to Google Analytics and then... You're like, uh, is Gabe being fake? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> is this a real person? <laughs> you know, I mean, you picked a punk rock album and the whiskey journal along with lincoln lodge have moved to a punk rock club in wicker park how has that been uh good we have our first show this tuesday like our first like actual whiskey journal live show there so it should be cool like all the lincoln Lodge shows have been pretty cool there so this will be the first whiskey journal coming up in what'd you say a week april 2nd april 2nd yeah so, I mean, what are what are the nerves going into a new venue? Uh, if there are any nerves, or is it just sheer, okay, let's go? Space and preparation. Like, that's, that's like, we did, uh, I did, like, the beginning of this month, the first day of the month, we did uh, some shows in, like, a bar in my hometown. We did two shows in one night. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing there. I was like, I'm all ready to go. I mean, there's a ton of nerves with it because there's so many moving pieces and, like, like you gotta have all the videos downloaded and you gotta have like uh, you gotta have all your jokes memorized you gotta have my monologue memorized and ready to go I gotta have the monitors hooked up to where I can read them off of a prompter I gotta have uh, the whole entire script for everything make sure all the slides match up with all the jokes and like there's just so many like moving pieces and it took like it's just like something always goes wrong inevitably so you just can't get like too stressed out about it or otherwise you'll just lose your fucking mind how does a bar in your hometown digest something like, like that. Oh, um, I mean, does it get yeah. laughs? Surprisingly it... well. I couldn't believe how well it went. Like, I was, like, uh, I was a little nervous. Especially because, like, everyone there is, like, straight, white, and Christian. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, 
Like, and we do, like, a lot of, like, weed jokes and, like, being liberal jokes and, like, we're cool with gay people jokes and mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know, like, whatever. And, yeah, I mean, they, like, everyone there is so supportive. Like, everyone in my hometown is, like, so supportive. Like, it's weird. Like, it's so weird. Like, Do, do they yeah. kind of look at you of just, even as far as you've made it in, stand, in stand-up comedy in Chicago... Is that almost celebrity status to a town of your size of being like Kyle Scanlon is fucking huge? Uh, I don't know because there was a dude last summer who pitched for the Rangers that I went to high school with for like oh the uh, three months. Yeah. So he like kind of kills like yeah, yeah, kind of kills any any chance I have. But he would be like uh, uh, Burl Ives. That's the only other famous person that I can think of from Newton. Do you know who Burl Ives is? I do. No. He played the snowman uh, in uh, one of the Christmas movies. I can't remember. Like a oh, like billion years ago. The old, like, old, old, old ones. That's uh, not animatronic. What is that called? Claymation? Like I those think, ones? Uh, uh, maybe I would have to look it up to be sure. <laughs> I mean, I think I should know just, I mean, the only like, famous person <laughs> from the town. Straightforward. Because I, I, from my own town, I have fucking uh, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. The voice of Jiminy Cricket's from Hannibal, Missouri. So we have a little statue. Yeah. yeah. We have Burl Lives Bridge. That's all we have. Nice. It's, and a that's, bridge, yeah, it's a bridge that I've tipped a canoe over <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> um, Haunting. Oh, oh yeah, from my town. I don't. We're like middle school. Now we're getting though a lot of famous people from my town. So it's like we got a guy who plays for the Colts. Guy who plays for the New Jersey Jets. There was a girl who was on that Paris Hilton's Best Friend show. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. some, of those are, some of those things are very different. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the same person. Yeah, all, those things. all the same person. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Um, so in my analysis, because this was the first time I had heard of this band, Titus Andronicus. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, but, in yeah, growing up, though, I was such a, like, punk poser. Um, I wanted to hang out with all the punk and skateboarder kids. Was that Were your you kind? bad at skateboarding too? I of course I was because I couldn't even ollie. I couldn't yeah. even get good. I could do the one thing where you like uh, the only thing I could do was like uh, put the board upside down on my feet and then flip, flip it back. It. That's all I could do. But I would try called? to I don't know uh, uh, foot flip. <laughs> yeah, I hated no, that... skateboarding kids just because I couldn't skateboard. So my excuse was like, oh fuck the skateboarders. But it was because I was envious the whole time. Yeah. It was just like, so, as I stood in my Robert Smith hair. <laughs> <laughs> alone. Yeah, alone. <laughs> alone and frowning. It was, exa- it was perfect. It catered to my image well. Smoking, just chain smoking yes. cigarettes, right? Oh, my God. That, I mean, it was all part of the fucking image. But it made no goddamn sense because it was 15 years late. Yeah. That's it was like people's fun. parents was just like, what the fuck is this kid about? <laughs> They're like, everything you're about. Yeah. <laughs> everything you used yeah. to be about. <laughs> He's time traveling. So like, <laughs> Don't mind him. <laughs> Look, kid, this is your future. So anyway, talk about your punk poserness. Punk poserness. So it's so fun listening now, like, again, to punk albums, because it's like, Back then, I would try to listen to it, but it would give me anxiety because it was so fast, and I would go to, like, mosh pits and, like, try, but then I'd be like, people are pushing me. (laughs) Oh, I I hate that in concerts, though, too. Like, I just want to stand in the back and drink a beer. Like, I don't want... I don't want to go... I feel like it would be fun to hit... like, Like, philosophically, to hit people... But I just wouldn't want those consequences. I like how you refer to it as philosophically <laughs> hitting yeah. people. Or like, I don't know, like if in a world where you could hit people, 
but then there wouldn't be the consequences of that. I feel like that would be cathartic. You know, I mean, a bin... Are you describing Purge too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a bin like this, though, is interesting in the sense that I don't think that they attract necessarily what you'd imagine would be that kind of punk rock right. crowd, necessarily. Yeah. That, I mean, it, it it's kind of a wider variance of... Because they are kind of, like I said, off the beaten path. Yeah. That I mean, it's it's a lot of people who I'd imagine go to the Pitchfork Music Festival. I yeah. think you yeah. know, so it's not necessarily the mosh pit crowd. Uh, do you notice a, like a certain look to a crowd that shows up to the Whiskey Journal or the Lincoln Lodge? Like, is there a is there a crowd that uh, shows up there? I don't know. Uh, I now I want to know that. You should ask me if there's I real wonder, I always fans. wonder yeah. that with. <laughs> With, like, a comedy scene that, like, you can be, like, standing outside, like, different, like, the last concert that I actually, well, I mean, we were at was the Kings of Leon concert, and there's a decisive look to the, everyone outside yeah. of Kings of Leon concert. I would imagine there's a look to people outside of a 311 concert. Yeah, oh, I think so. I think a lot of, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. And so I wonder, I, I've always, I think I've asked a couple other guess that. Like a uh, lot of white dudes with buzzed haircuts and board shorts at 311 Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Of, so, I mean, but they're all really but, nice. <laughs> like You're just like, why is everyone so nice? So now, like, look out kind of at your, as you guys start up at Subterranean, look out and just be like, this is what the Whiskey Journal crowd looks like. <laughs> these, these are your people. I was, I'm always surprised though, like, because I thought it was, like, younger... I always thought it was, like, more younger people. And then, like, there's this dude that... Uh, he used to be the state's attorney in my town. In my, like, hometown. Like, he's, like, probably, like, 45, 50. Like, mm-hmm. I'd see him at the bar every once in a while. He's come to every single show I've done wow. there. Like, stand-up and this one. And he was just, like... He saw me in the bar, like, three hours before the show started, like, just setting up. And he was like, hey, I just wanted to tell you, I go to your site every day. And I was just like, you are not who I thought that was. <laughs> like, so, I mean, like, you never know, though, too. Like, because sometimes it's just, like, I'll have, like, weird people just be like, yeah, I go to that all the time. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea. Because I don't see you, like, if I don't see you like it on Facebook, I have no idea if you've been there. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to link this in, too, about, like, who your heroes are. Because there's, like, a, I always love lyrics and songs but one from the album is there ain't no more rolling stones oh yeah and so like always i feel like how i can feel this way of like who are your idols for comedy it always feels like there's not going to be you can't ever get them again you know like the already the most amazing has been done um you picked a good lyric for that one then i know that was good (laughs) thanks i'm gonna let it go work but i would say who who are your idols you can just list them off and then um I think that's funny too. Like you know who you think is funny, but yeah, you can't control who thinks. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, especially something like like with this. Like we had like one article that was just like kind of just like blew up, and like like eighty thousand people went to our website to see this article. Wow, this is insane. Like we did one about uh, the whenever uh, we switched over to Ventro. Like we did it, uh, but uh, we did the same article only it was. switching over to a slice of ham was what they were going to use for the transit. <laughs> and we, like, had this awesome picture of just a slice of ham and, like, a transit stamp and stuff on it. Uh, but that thing, like, blew up. And it was, like, it's so funny because, like, people were like, oh, this is great. Like, this is great. And then, like, you look on Reddit and they're, you know, it was, like, on the front page of Reddit for, like, three days. Nice. And, like, you look on there and you're like, oh, this is so cool. And then you look on comments and it's just like, 
this is the ver this is the blah B minus version of the onion or something like blah it's blah blah. Like shit, it's yeah. the same fucking shit that you hear over and over again and you're just like, Will you people like you can't like anything. <laughs> fucking assholes. This is the best thing we've well, done. Would you I don't know if this is uh, another philosophical question, if you can. Uh, would you quit comedy if your only fans were 45-year-old statesmen that came to every one of your shows? Not if they were as cool as that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not if they I were mean, like... You did pitch up. Uh, what, I mean, what are some of the... Your idols. Who are your Rolling Stones? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I really was... Dave Chappelle was like my favorite like stand-up growing oh, up. Uh, like obviously like anyone else who does stand up like Louis C.K. is like a huge mm-hmm. person just cause it's like the ability to like I like uh, admire his like work ethic as much as I admire his comedy like just the fact that he like will do a new hour every year and then uh, like yeah. write a show produce a show direct a show like he does everything on that like the credits are just his name <laughs> like it's just and then, like, on top of that, we'll do other shit, too. I was just like, that's, like, that's, like, using time efficiently, like, that's, like, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff where you're like, yep, that's what you want to shoot for. Is that something that you have trouble with, or you do okay about? Uh, I would say I'm better than most people. Being oldest child. Yeah. I was never good at it, though, really? growing up. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like, comedy's, like, the only thing that, like, ever made me focus. Like, at work, I'm just, like, fucking... I'm, like, below average in everything else. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, this is the all, like, I only work hard at things that I like. Right. And so, like, if I don't like something, I just, like, fall to the bottom, like, really fast. I mean, it seems like the era, you know, to use a broad term that we live in, caters to what you do very well, of whether it's, you know, doing something like the Whiskey Journal online and getting your content out to a wide audience but kind of like what you mentioned with, I mean, Louis C.K. is very much one of them. Uh, Bill Burr is another comedian mm-hmm. is very much one of them of a constant production of content. And it is, you know, it's the era that we live in where, I mean, you, you it's not just putting out an album and then an album circulates for an, a year. It's you put out a Netflix special or a Comedy Central special and a tour. everybody has it on their phone. And so, I mean, it is almost that pressure of being constantly creative and constantly right. producing of uh, do you like that challenge or is there sometimes where it's just like fuck why can't i just go back to the 80s where you can tour off this, yeah <laughs> uh i like it in every every part but stand up uh like all other realms of comedy i'm like yeah let's keep writing like creating and stuff i just have so much trouble writing stand up jokes uh and I don't know. Like I'll, I'm definitely guilty of like repeating the same jokes a lot all the time. Uh, but I'm trying to get better about that and trying to write as much as I can. It's just like, I just, I don't know. It's I'm stretching myself very thin right now, so I'm trying to like adjust my. Because sometimes I think it is like just like setting your priorities correct, and I don't think I always do that. So I'm just trying to get better about that, and then everything else will work fine. But if I could offer you the escape hatch of either being a prop comic, a ventriloquist, or a comic that just relies off a catchphrase, where you have you ex- you punctuate each of your sentences with one word. Oh man! Whatever that word is, whatever your 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 buzzword would be, of which of those three avenues would you take as your escape hatch of 
Basically, you just perform in Branson, Missouri. Oh, man. I, that is all you would perform in is Branson, Missouri. <laughs> you and Yakov Shmirov. Oh, man, that's a tough one. From now until 2045. Until he's dead. I don't know. Uh, man, I don't know. Ian Abramson has a really good uh, ventriloquist bit, but I, it's more mocking ventriloquism <laughs> than, than doing it, which is like uh, maybe a catchphrase, but those are so bad. See, your your I, catchphrase I would, from this album, too, would be, that shit's gay, dude. That would be your catchphrase. I would love for you to just do the ventriloquist route, and then all you would get is people calling you the B-level Jeff Dunham. I can't do so it. it's just another fucking... It's like you can't escape being a nope. B-something. Nope. It's just going to be junior varsity for the rest, <laughs> of, my for the rest um, of my life. All right, Kyle, just to uh, wrap things up, we always just kind of finish things off. Anything you want to plug? Uh, when does this go? A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Uh, so we do Whiskey Journal Live... Uh, first Wednesday of every month, so do that. It's five bucks at the door, which is super cheap because I put a lot of time into it, uh, and it's funny. Um, go to thewhiskeyjournal.com. Go to the Lincoln Lodge on Fridays at nine, uh, and I think that. If you get anyone, listen to three eleven. Oh, and if you don't care how your life turns out, listen to three eleven. Listen to three eleven. <laughs> And anything associated with this podcast, check our Twitter. It is for the record pop. For the record podcast is recorded at the Comedy Bars Podcast Studio in the Irving Park neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois. For more information on the show, go to twitter.com slash for the record pod.